0: Hello, good evening. Good morning if you're somewhere else or good afternoon if you're somewhere else. But for us, it's good evening and welcome back to the Elio Sideshow. Patrick here Frank are you there
1: Frank is here sipping on some tea I like to tell the listeners it is now eleven forty-five at night we just started
0: we just started well actually we've been working together for eight hours and we're so dedicated that we're trying to cram these podcast episodes into our daily activities and like I said before we both live busy lives. producer and I are in the whirlwind of moving, and it's just continuing on with my nomadic podcasting. I'm switching rooms. I continue to switch rooms. It's because the producer and my son are sleeping, so I'm trying to be in the room with the closed door. Mm. I mean, it works. I mean, you're in the basement. So you got nice. I don't nice... see you
1: screaming and yelling tonight. No, I won't be doing any of that. It is a, an interesting episode you have planned, though.
0: Well, I, I like to do it for the people, people, mm-hmm. Frank. No, today's episode, we're going to be discussing uh, some of the leaked, not leaked, there's the leaked body cam footage, I'm sorry, there's the leaked body cam footage, and there's the redacted and released body cam footage of some snippets of the George Floyd incident, so I'd like to discuss that, kind of our take on it, where we think the court case is is for the officers, including Derek Chauvin might go, and just our opinion on that. Right. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, man, look at you downing that tea. Some English tea. No, but that is straight up English tea.
1: No, yeah. My mom went to England right before COVID hit, and uh, she brought home some tea. And it's pretty much the same as tea, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it tastes like tea. Okay. All right.
0: Yeah. So anyway, moving on, <laughs> trying folks, I'm trying to be a little quieter because the sun's sleeping in the room next to me. So I'm not going to be hooting and hollering. Especially. Well,
1: I, well, the thing is, and you know, I can't really critique this tea. I'm not a tea guy. I mean, I'd like drinking it every now and again. If you want to talk about ice cream, we can critique that all day long. Oh, yeah. And then you'll probably hear Patrick get a little crazy and wake up his son in the other room. Uh, we we can discuss oh, ice cream. Passionate
0: all, about all night long. I am passionate about
1: that. I am also a professional ice cream scooper
0: or former professional ice cream scooper. Mm-hmm. Just because you got paid doesn't mean you're a professional. Oh no, I was professional back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you got for us? So today's word is it should be it's two words more of a phrase. It's called gag order. Okay, a gag order. I know we've heard that in in reference to the George Floyd incident because the gag order was kind of lifted. There's reasons why there's a gag order. okay? But basically it means it's a judge's order. So the judge orders it prohibiting the attorneys and the parties to a pending lawsuit or criminal prosecution from talking to the media or public about that case. Okay. They're basically issued by a court government or private an entity, and they require an individual to refrain from making public comments and typically judges issue uh, injunctions barring trial participants, including attorneys, litigants, and witnesses from discussing trial related material outside the courtroom. Okay. And, yeah, in general, courts have held that gagging people involved in trials is more acceptable than similar orders issued against the press. Okay. And there's a reason for that. And where I get in the court case I have kind of relates to that, but the the reason for the gag order is to ensure a, you know, a fair, fair and partial partial trial. That's basically what it's for. Okay. And like I said, the gag order can be used in this case, it was a criminal prosecution, but it can also be used in civil litigation, any type of trial. And that's kind of what a gag order is. And a lot of times the people that are fighting the gag orders are the press.
1: So, they're trying fight to it. fight it because they want to find out information, talk to people involved in the trial. And to release that information so that everybody is notified of what's going on. And-
0: right. So, there has to be that fine line between getting that impartial trial for the defendant because they have that right. Okay. Or, you know, whoever's involved in the civil litigation versus the media has the right to provide information to the public slash seek information from parties involved. So it's, it's kind of you got to weigh the, the, the battle there as a judge. And it puts the judge in a, kind of a difficult position. But so uh, the court case I picked, and I was doing a little bit of research on this because I was trying to find out a court case that's kind of related to gag orders. And I found this one from 1966. Great year. Great year. Mm -hmm. okay it's called shepherd s-h-e-p-p-a-r-d versus maxwell and the supreme court in shepherd versus maxwell is that your dog yeah oh do you need to go no oh okay all right sorry frank's dog was in the background there one of his two dogs He's a dog guy. The Supreme court in shepherd versus Maxwell ruled that defendants are entitled to impartial juries and that trial court judges should take strong measures to uphold the right to a fair trial. Judges interpreted shepherd as an authorization to impose gag orders on trial participants, but even some began to place them on the media. So in the background of this case, remember this is a 1966 case and this is from an incident in 1954. So you can kind of see how long things take place in the world of law, me. yeah. So early on July fourth, fourth of July, nineteen fifty-four, in a Cleveland suburb, Maryland, Shepard, pregnant wife of an osteopath and prominent socialite, was beaten to death. Her husband, Sam Shepard, first called the mayor, a family friend, to report the crime. He claimed to have struggled with an intruder who knocked him out. The police saw no signs of breaking and entering. It was discovered that Shepard had been having an affair. Ooh. The three-day coroner's inquest was biased against the doctor, and the Cleveland Press goaded the prosecutors to charge Shepard. One newspaper ran 399 stories in six months. Wow. Jesus, Yeah. So the case came to trial two weeks before the November election. The tre- I mean, there's so much involved in this. The chief prosecutor was a candidate for municipal judge, and the presiding judge was a candidate for re-election. Judge oh, wow. Edward J. Blythe allowed free reign from the media. This included publication... Of the addresses of the witnesses, photographs of all 12 jurors, prominent seating mm. co- in the courtroom for the press, and radio and television broadcasts from the courthouse. Radio and press pundits aired all sorts of gossip as if it were credible evidence. The judge told one columnist that Shepard was guilty as hell, and I quote, even as they deliberated, jurors were allowed to phone their friends. Yet, despite, yet despite an inept and lackadaisical defense attorney, the jury required 30 ballots before convicting Shepard. Okay, so obviously there's some issues here. So this goes all the way to the Supreme Court, um, and it basically ruled that the doctor was denied a fair trial, okay, because he, they convicted him, remember, this is 1954. So he, he was in jail, okay, and in 1966, the Supreme Court ruled that the predator pred- prejudicial publicity, denied him a fair trial and an eight to one vote. I don't even know who the one was. The court upheld a decision by a federal district court that granted Shepard a writ of habeas corpus, which was kind of mentioned anyway, and he was entitled to a, a fair trial. So justice Tom C. Clark with the majority decision and quote, bearing in mind the massive pretrial publicity, the trial judge should have adopted stricter rules governing the use of the courtroom by newsmen possibly issuing what we call a gag order. So in 1966, Shepard was acquitted in a retrial. The well-known defense attorney F. Lee Bailey represented Shepard and the judge limited the number of newsmen allowed in the courtroom and strictly banned interviews with any of the participants. A dentist testified that there was no way Shepard could have broken his own four teeth. A doctor said that he had treated Shepard with a broken neck that could not have been self-inflicted. Despite 12 years of protesting his innocence, Shepard did not take the stand in his own defense.
1: Wow, okay. Wow. It doesn't.
0: Yeah. And when I read through it, I don't believe they ended up. Uh, they they still think Shepard might have done it, but they didn't charge
1: anybody else in it. Yeah. So even though he was acquitted, it doesn't. Wow. Well, right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah.
0: so that's kind of, I mean, that's like we're taking it to a whole new level wow, on so it.
1: It got so bad that it went all the way up to the, the Supreme Court to basically where they're saying, hey, trial judges. Yeah get a hold of your courtroom and
0: you know, it was only that you had the judge who's up for reelection and the prosecuting attorney (laughs) running for judge like two weeks before the November election. You know, there's going to be some high profile case and there's going to be some incentive for they to make sure that, you know, they get a conviction on this. Okay. So obviously there were issues with that court case. There's been, excuse me, there's been, other court cases that have come down similar to this since that, but that's kind of the, one of the first ones where it's like, eh, maybe the judge should have taken some mm-hmm. stricter protocol when inviting people into the courtroom, what he called the newsmen. No offense against women. He just called them newsmen. Yeah. Again, this was 1954. The quote. So, yeah.
1: Very interesting. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's where, you know, they're interpreting the first gag orders.
0: Yes. So that's why there's an issue of a gag order because in a high profile case, you, theoretically, okay, when we, when we talk about, have we just, I don't know if we've gone over Voidir. Have we gone over Voidir? I think no, we might we'll have it on our list. Okay. So oh, that's a good one for Voidir. But when you go through Voidir, you, you ask potential jurors. So not the jury yet, they're selected from a, a group you You go through the all these questions that the- the jurors are supposed to answer, so ideally you're trying to weed out who knows information about this case prior, okay The problem we're gonna encounter here is during the for the George Floyd case, it's like I don't know who hasn't seen any information on that okay right. and not and just because you've you've seen information about the George floyd incident Derek chauvin and the charges doesn't mean that you'll automatically be uh, biased. biased or you know what do they call Spayed. them a strike a strike against mm, you oh, right. yeah from being selected on the jury they just want to know if you can still be you know a fair and impartial juror to because again regardless of what We've seen in the media, regardless of what we know about the case, Derek Chauvin is still innocent until proven guilty, and that's, set right. by the, and that's set by the Constitution and our founding fathers. So that's why there was an initial gag order in place, but now that's kind of been redacted a little bit. Okay, and I forget when the judge did that in the, the George Floyd case. I'll have to look that. I'm gonna look that up right now. Some real time. Research well, you know,
1: and, and answer answer this, but uh, because I'm not 100 percent sure that what's the what's the consequence for not listening to a judge's gag, gag order contempt of, of court. A court, yeah? So you can get thrown in jail for so long. Correct. Yeah. Is there a time limit for that? I don't know. Hmm, say, go,
0: yeah, that's a good Kathleen. question. Yeah, so it looks like July, maybe July around July 21st. They removed the gag order. Yeah. Minnesota judge on Tuesday lifted a gag order in the criminal case against four former police officers charged in the death of George Floyd, but, say, but said he would still take on an advisement and News Media Coalition's request to make body cam footage more widely available. Okay.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, the judge said attorneys would still be subject to Minnesota state court rules pertaining to pretrial publicity and professional conduct. OK, so that means that, again, you still have attorneys have to be ethical and, you know, how they go about this case. Like you'll, you'll you'll see all the movies about attorneys going out in the front of the courtroom with the speakers and talking to the press and all that. That's OK. Sort of maybe after the, the the trial, but they can't go out in, in public and just, you know, make all these irrational claims and all that type of stuff, because, again, they have to be ethical and there's rules that are set down by their state and their state's bar association as to how they go about that.
1: Right.
0: So, Hmm. but I guess we'll start diving right into this. Uh, So when I, 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 when I first read that they were releasing, I'm sorry, not releasing, but there was leaked body cam uh, footage of the George Floyd incident. I was kind of curious to what exactly, was within that, and I, I was looking through some multiple news media outlets. I found one from CNN. I found one from NBC News, and a couple others. And you you have to take into account how the media not not only portrays this, but how they analyze some of the the video they're seeing. Okay, so mind you, Frank and I certainly aren't experts in the field of law enforcement. Okay, but we have almost. 12 years, at least for, I'm closer to 12 years. He's. We're both at about 11 and a half years of law enforcement experience. So if I go to my accountant and I go, you know what? I'm going to tell you how, how to take the CPA. I'm not an expert in accounting. Okay. Right. I'm, I don't, I've never even filed my own taxes. Okay. Do I know some basics? Yes. Okay. But I'm not an expert. So, I'm not saying we're experts, but we have experience in the field. So when a, a news media anchor is watching the video and starts it's, it's putting in their, their what I call their two cents into what is going on, I kind of tend to question that because they have not necessarily performed our job. So especially like the, the anchors that aren't like the law enforcement. I mean, we all watch, we've all seen whether it's CNN, Fox News, MSNBC or whatever. They all hire like former law enforcement, you know, officers or
1: especially Expert.
0: experts, what we call them quote unquote experts. Okay. To give their analysis of these incidents. But when these anchors go out and say, Oh, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll give an example when, you know, George Floyd is saying, I can't breathe. Well, he's initially saying I can't breathe when they were just trying to get him into the patrol vehicle. Okay. And I'm listening to that. And I'm thinking, okay, well, there's gotta be more to it than just, I can't breathe because they're not really doing anything to impede his breathing at that point in the incident. He's just what Sitting I was I would just quote unquote acting a fool. Okay. And there's a reason why he was doing that. You good, Frank? You look tired. I am tired. All right, let's go. Let's roll through this. All right. We're going to get through this late night podcasting. So the one video was, I don't know. They don't, the one thing you're going to find is they don't necessarily release, uh, the names of the officer and the associated video footage. But the one I did find initially was for the one officer who was across the street. And what you can see is him looking at like the, the black, I think it's a Mercedes Benz SUV
1: okay he's and, the one that stayed with the car the whole time
0: correct he's the one that's talking it, it appears that he's talking to some people and what you're gonna find in the redacted video okay you're gonna find that there are there's blacked out sections because they want to potentially hide witnesses or people's faces they cut out parts of the audio and there's a reason for that so I want to touch on that quickly okay the company is axon which we know is probably well, Frank you is one of the best body cams, right?
1: One of the best body cameras they are at the cutting edge of technology, yeah. and uh, you know they, they have, they're impressive with yeah. how they're dealing with everything. Yeah. So, uh,
0: some the, the video is what we call redacted. That means there's sections that are blacked out, like literally, it's like a black rectangle hiding the person. There's audio missing. Okay, and the question is 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 this permissible? Well, yes. Okay. And the reason being is like we've always, we've, we've kind of mentioned earlier, there's Derek Chauvin is, and the other officers are still entitled to a fair and impartial trial. Okay. So when you have individuals that are calling for the full release and transparent body cam, body one camera video footage, that's not fair to the people who are on trial. Okay, and and I, well, it, does... it may
1: not even if you're talking about the people who are being charged with these crimes, you know, and just like anybody else would want that due process or that that fair trial. You also, as uh, as those people who are being blacked out uh, visually, and then their audio being ba- uh, just taken away you're also protecting their identity and protecting right, the, right. you know, them. So it's not just for the officers. If you're, if you're listening and you're like, oh, well, they're just protecting the officers. Well, no, you're also protecting the citizens in here.
0: Well, and you're protecting the case. So for instance, you flip this on the other side, you know, if, if let's say we, we do release the whole video and we're fully transparent, this may not help the prosecution's case either because then, you know, it'll show that, that the defense may have some grounds for a good trial in their, in their case. Okay. okay. So it's not, it's not necessarily that the prosecutions fully for the release as well. Okay. Because not only do they abide by the rules of having an impartial jury and impartial trial, they have to, you know, wonder if we don't want to leak all our possible uh, areas that the defense can poke holes in our case. So that's the reason that it's redacted. Okay. Okay. I I know there's people and there's organizations calling for it, but they have to understand that, yes, they're the uh, the police department and the DA's office is legally bound to not release all of the video. okay? And there's that goes into that probably goes into that right to know stuff, too, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, I mean, even in, in those cases, some of that stuff that's under investigation or still being used is, right. is not going to be able to be released. Yeah. Okay. So like I said, officials and protesters are calling for transparency from
0: the police department to release a non-redacted version of the video, but that's yeah, not going to happen. happen. That's not, that's not going to happen right now, okay, because mm-hmm. no trials are taking place. So the first scene is, there. it looks like they're in on the street and a sidewalk, it looks like a corner store. It's the one officer, I think it's and Tao or Tao, I yeah, I think I think it's him. Okay, I, I cannot verify that, but he appears. He's across the street, and he looks like he's talking to some people. Of course, it's blacked out, and he's just you know basically telling him, hey, after all this is settled, you guys are good to walk. Okay, and then he keeps telling him, stay put, guys, stay put don't there. Get to the, yeah, yeah, don't
1: don't, don't go be mess the, with the car. Don't
0: be messing with the car. Stay put there until my partner has has done with his things over there. Okay. And the officer, again, is telling them, telling these people, I don't want you reaching in the car. OK. OK. And all of these statements uh, are from the officer a- a- across the street. OK. And that's part of the redacted video that I, I-, I saw.
1: OK. And yeah, again, and that video will be part of the NBC link yes. that we put in the show notes. So which, that, it, which, again, you know, and this is kind of, I guess, what the people want to see is that the the redacted video, it's it's kind of crap.
0: Let's put it this way, Frank. When I was trying to do like the research for this, I was looking through the redacted video. It didn't really provide me with a lot of information to go on for this topic.
1: No, I mean, and, I, you know, I know that we all want like the whole unredacted and released video and I know we have the, the pesky thing about having a fair trial but the tr- the whole video does tell a much better story and even in the leaked video we still don't have the whole thing oh no uh, because there's a bunch a bunch of you know splices and the video is actually pretty short compared to the whole entire incident so uh but yeah I mean this this video I mean we'll, we'll show it to you because this is what was released by the Minneapolis police department but
0: it stinks, and and the new I did the news even condense it even more, and they're not even going to show you kind of like the mundane parts of the video. But so I don't exactly know. And this is trying to figure out where the whole incident was taking place when this officer was over here. Okay, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out the timeline, and that's what you, you're talking about with the releasing the whole video because you're almost trying to puzzle, put the pieces of the puzzle together. If you are the prosecution and the defense because you're trying to figure out at what time period did this person get involved because those other three officers were charged with, I believe, aiding and abetting a murder, a felony. So you're going to have to prove certain things that they were aided and abetted in the murder of George Floyd. Now for this officer's defense, okay, you're you're probably going to bring up this because I think he's one that – one of two that aimed for dismissal of the charges against them. You're going to probably try to bring up the fact that, Hey, I was over here. I wasn't knowledge knowledgeable to all the events that took place with Mr. Floyd and
1: Derek Chauvin. Okay. So that would probably
0: be part of your defense. I'm guessing.
1: Well, you know, one thing that this video does show is that about, uh, about halfway through. Now, this is a shorter video. Like you said, it was already um, kind of spliced up by NBC also, just to make it reasonable. But in this four-minute video, as you're watching the first half, you'll notice that there's really only two police cruisers there. And then you'll see that Chauvin's vehicle uh, shows up in the latter half of that video. Right. And, and then you, that's and, where you can kind of determine and, where you're at in the time frame.
0: And, and, and towards the end, you actually see the ambulance, I believe. Yeah, you I actually, think you if, will. yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so ne- now we're going to get into w- what I got from CNN. Okay, which was the leaked video. I think it was the Daily Mail. Yes, yeah. that originally got. It. Now is that British? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know you're drinking their tea. Find out.
1: <laughs> what is
0: but, it, yeah. so you can hear the one officer, and I believe it's Officer Lane, is telling Floyd. Floyd is. Behind the driver's seat of this vehicle I, is it I believe it's that same car right or which okay. it is yeah it's 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 this black Mercedes SUV okay so Mr Floyd is behind the driver's seat now if we do the background the officers were dispatched there for I think it was a counterfeit20 dollar bill or something right yep. yes so You've all heard the talk about how, oh, my gosh, they should have never even like confronted him or anything like that. Okay, but let's, let's face it. Let's get this out of the way. They were dispatched there for a legitimate reason, okay, because it is a crime. Technically, you could even probably charge them with forgery if you can prove that.
1: They were investigating a crime.
0: Right. They were investigating a, a crime. It's a counterfeit $20 bill that he's trying to use at this corner store. Okay.
1: I think Which what is... people get uh, upset about is that – is the investigation of the $20 the twenty counterfeit bill worth somebody's life? And the answer is no. But the thing is, is that a crime was still committed. Yeah. And it shouldn't have gotten that far. But right. We all agree with that. But yeah. either way, they're there to investigate a crime. That's what cops do.
0: Right. So they're legally allowed to be there. Okay. They're, they're there. Most of these incidents aren't necessarily police proactively targeting. They're responding to calls. Calls. Okay. There was, you know if you boil down to what is our basic premise as police officers, we respond to calls for service and solve problems in some facet or another. Okay. So they respond to this and I believe it was the, one of the clerks or something from the store that had called 911. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I I, I remember from doing the research on this said that, Hey, this gentleman's trying to, you know, use a $20 counterfeit bill. Okay. So they end up trying to end up, identifying mr floyd as the suspect okay so he's behind the wheel outside uh in this area of this black mercedes suv okay so they legally need to detain him okay do they do they have enough to arrest him at this point Not necessarily. Okay, we don't know that for sure, but they have a legal reasoning for wanting to a detain him. Okay, what we call an investigatory detention, and b possibly question him as to his involvement in this this crime. So they need to get him out of the car. Okay, and you can actually see the struggles begin right there because it's almost like you can almost tell by watching the video that something's off with mr floyd okay and we don't know if he has mental health issue, issues or something else going on you know i'm going to talk about his toxicology report in a little bit but there's something not all there okay and who knows maybe he'd just be having a bad day we don't know okay we don't know any of this information all right yeah. so they try to get him out of the car okay and as they get him out of the car floyd says well, Officer Lane, okay, the other officer said, step out and face away. Mr. Floyd responds, please don't shoot me, Mr. Officer. Please don't shoot me, okay? You, you know, he they had their guns drawn or pointed at him, okay? I don't know exactly why or what was going on, but it could have been, you know, maybe he wasn't complying with commands. Maybe he was moving around in the front seat with his arms. We don't know that information. Maybe there was information that, Somebody thought he was armed. I don't know. We don't know that.
1: Okay. Well, and that's where this comes in. And uh, and we don't really we can't really speak on why they right. had out at this point, only because this is where, like, the, the entirety of the incident comes into or the totality yes. of the incident. Yeah. And with this clip starting with the officer with the gun yeah. out. It yeah. uh, makes you think like, well, what the heck's going on? But we don't yeah, know
0: yet. We don't know. And w- there's there's obviously going to be background to this story that we don't know or the information. So anyway, at one point then, they get him handcuffed, okay? And this is where the struggle first kind of begins. They had a struggle to get him out, but this is where he really starts, Mr. Floyd starts pressing the issue about like his, you know, mindset at this point, okay, as I'll describe it so floyd says he's claustrophobic okay because the officers are trying to push him into the back of one of their police cars all right and i don't know if you've ridden in the back of the police car hopefully you have not for <laughs> obvious reasons we have done it because we've been transported ourselves, or we got multiple people trying to go somewhere just for our job and it's not fun okay it, 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 is, it is tight. Fun. it is tight okay there's a reason being for that usually it's there's a cage, you know, bars, because we had dealt with people trying to kick out windows. Uh, and it's, it just is, it's tight. It's designed so you can't get out. You know, it's not like, not like it, you know, there's plenty of room back there. That's like a van and you got like a bathroom and food and water. No, it's, it's not designed, but it's also not designed for a long amount of time. Okay. Either you're going to be transported to a booking center or the police station or whatever. Okay. Yeah. so as, as yeah so as they're trying to get him in there he keeps saying he's claustrophobic he's being pushed and pulled by officer lane floyd here says i can't breathe i'm choked okay and i i I, I what i was talking about with the anchor and the anchor's like and this is the first time that that right. you could hear uh, george floyd say he can't breathe and i'm watching the video and i'm like they're not really doing anything to his like upper neck or extremities yeah. or anything like that. They're yeah. just trying to get him in the car. You got one officer pushing him into the back of the patrol car while the other officer from the other night is trying to grab him and get him in. Cause it's pretty obvious. Floyd is resisting getting into the patrol vehicle.
1: Well, wow, so far he's done that whole, I'm not like, I mean, I guess he is physically resisting, but he's doing the whole, Oh, you know, and he's making you push and he's making right. you like get hands on, He's not just saying, "Yep, how do you, you know, I'm having a hard time in here." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, I think I'm. If I get in the back here, I think I'm going to have, you know, some claustrophobia.
0: Yeah, which yeah, none of that. Which he may be claustrophobic. You know, people that is a real like phobia. But you know, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot we're going to be able to do for you. I mean, maybe. Based, call a Patty wagon, or yeah, something. May, yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Call a van, but that's gonna. Possibly take time, okay, and they maybe have this guy either under arrest or identified him. But at a minimum, he's going to go in the back of the patrol vehicle And again, from the information we've gathered, that's legally justified at this point, okay, because he's been identified as a suspect in a crime, okay, so he can be handcuffed and he can be put in the back of the patrol vehicle. There is no right. issues with that, okay. From what we've gathered, okay, mind you, again, we're not there; and we don't have all the information. All right, so. At that point, while they're trying to, we got one officer trying to push him in. One of them's Officer Lane. Another one's trying to pull from the other side. I don't know who the other officer is. I do not believe it's Chauvin at that point. He's not there yet. Yes. Floyd says, I want to lay on the ground. I want to lay on the ground. Okay. Which they kind of complied at that point. They actually got him out of, like, as they're trying to get him into the back of the patrol vehicle. Now he's back out and he wants to lay on the ground. Okay. And you can kind of see where, and from our experience, when you got somebody saying that, not only do you err on the side of caution, you extremely err on the side of caution. Because if somebody's claiming they need medical attention, we as police officers know from other experience, if you refuse that, you're going to get in trouble. Okay. And it's always, let me, and I'm not saying it's in this instance, okay, but it's the boy who cried wolf more often than not okay, it's us trying to arrest an individual. I mean, how about it, Frank? The one guy we know.
1: Uh, oh, my rhyme- gosh. The one rhyme- that always.
0: Rhyme- rhymes with, like, uh, Maori. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up taking him down. And every time he would go down to central booking, he would, you know, get down to the, the sheriff's deputies. Oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack. And like, collapse on the ground. Every time. Every time. Okay, so what do we have to do? We have to drag his ass up to the uh, hospital, okay, and get what we do, what we call a checkup for a lockup, okay. So you have to get him cleared up at the hospital, okay, and brought back down to the booking center, okay. And you have to provide documentation that he was cleared, okay. So more often than not, you're going to err on the side of caution, and uh, you know, listen to to what they telling you if it's a medical issue. Okay. And it does kind of put you in a predicament because you don't know what's going on with them medically. One, you don't know if they're using this to potentially get out of the, what the predicament yeah. they're in that, or that's two. And you don't know if they're using this to po- possibly harm you or use an avenue of escape or to hurt you. So you don't know that you don't know at this point. So anyway, they get them out. They want to lay them on the ground. Mr. Floyd says, I can't breathe. They'll kill me, man. Okay. Kind of, I don't know. We don't know what he's talking about, who he's talking about at that point, whether it's the police or somebody else. He's just not necessarily coherent in kind of his statements. At which point you see Mr. Chauvin, Officer Derek Chauvin come in. This is the infamous scene that was played over and over again. Okay. And you can hear Mr. Derek, Officer Chauvin, quote unquote, say, it takes a lot of oxygen to talk. Okay.
1: Right. So instead of saying like, I'm going to re- release my knee, he's basically yeah. saying, well, shut up. Okay.
0: And I'm only going to briefly mention this because we, I think we possibly discussed this before using your knee or what we call a knee ride to, and we're actually trained in this. When you put your knee towards the area of the suspect's, back shoulder blade area okay it is an actual effective move to subdue the individual and make an arrest okay right. what officer chauvin did is not the way to do it
1: okay well he put his knee on and, the neck yeah,
0: he put his and
1: knee... even with us putting yeah. our knee on the shoulder blade yeah how how long is that lasting?
0: Oh, you're talking seconds. Okay. Well, it, it's it's it the,
1: it, it's the
0: it's 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 the idea to subdue him enough to get him handcuffed and take control of the individual. Okay, right. I've never seen more than like thirty seconds, if that. You know what I mean? You're okay. the whole. I, I mean, and unless you're in a drop that drag down knockout fight where you're dealing with the individual, but the whole idea is you're putting your knee into their shoulder blade back area because it's a position of not dominance but a position that allows you to affect an arrest that causing harm to them okay
1: yeah it just limits their mobility it
0: limits their mobility but it doesn't necessarily impede their breathing okay which is the big difference here so officer chauvin then puts his knee in the back of the neck okay neck area which is Obviously, it doesn't doesn't look good, okay, perception-wise, and it really isn't a taught move that we're necessarily taught. Now, there's some discrepancy as to how they're taught that, but we've never been taught that move. Okay, regardless. Yeah. Floyd says, please, 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 Officer Lane, You knew, this is where you can tell that Officer Lane's kind of like starting to get a little shocked here. Officer Lane says, to Sh- Chauvin, and he's looking at him as this is going on, he says, to Chauvin. Should we roll him on his side? Chauvin says, no, he's staying put where we got him. Lane says, I just worry about the excited delirium or whatever. Okay.
1: So and he this, knows,
0: he knows officer Lane knows that this probably isn't a good look. And cause this could really harm Mr. Floyd based on everything that's taken place so far. Okay. And we're just going to quickly mention excited delirium. Frank, Had a little more experience with that because he dealt with tasers, but it's that that uh, it's almost like it's a medical almost like a medical. How would you describe like a medical episode where an individual is agitated, sweating, you know, anxious because of the circumstances they're in, with combined with prior medical history possible prior medical history and any type of substance that are in their system.
1: That's exactly what it is. And I don't think it, I don't think it is uh, it's one specific thing that can lead to it. And I don't think it's one specific thing that, uh, you know, that is, is somebody does that, you know, you get it now. Um, But yeah, we see it a lot of those times after the fight or, after like an intense exhaustive fight or chase or right. whatever and in this case it's uh you're you know you could see that Floyd is uh Mr. Floyd is is upset from the very beginning and if right. you remember from like one of the first body cameras or not the the body camera but from the first um the the surveillance camera from one of the corner stores you can see that uh, Mr. Floyd is like kind of rocking the whole time and he was saying about how I can't go to jail again. And, you know, he, so he's worried. So his heart rate is already uh, elevated and uh, but yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the definitions online, it says uh, it's a controversial syndrome that presents with psychomotor agitation, delirium and sweating. It may include attempts at violence, unexpected strength, very high body temperature. And then uh, there's a bunch of complications that come with it. Yeah. So
0: there you go. Yeah. So we, the, the two things we're always taught, especially during chaser training is, you know, excited delirium, be cognizant of that and be cognizant of positional asphyxiation. Okay. Which is, you know, the way you position yourself or try to subdue the individual, which will possibly impede their breathing. Okay. Which is what we talked about with the knee ride, the placement of the knee to the shoulder back is a lot different than the placement they need to somebody's neck, okay? Because right. you're, you're going to be the breathing, okay? So, Lane, again, remember, should we roll him on a side? Chauvin says, No, he's staying put where we got him. Lane says, I just worry about excited delirium or whatever. And Chauvin says, That is why we have the ambulance coming, okay?
1: Yeah, and, that and that's kind of horse shit because, yeah, at that point, you can see that this, uh, that you know, George is. is not causing them any issues, right? It's four to one. They're not having any issues. Right. uh, And he could easily have been rolled up to his butt or rolled onto his side or sat on the curb. I mean, there's so many different things that we do on a daily basis that, Hey, and we, you and I've been there and you know, when the fight is over, it's over. Now it's time to just talk like normal human beings. Yeah.
0: And it wasn't even so much as fight as more of it was Mr. Floyd was in his state of mind, not willing to comply with the commands that he was given and was quite frankly, resisting arrest or maneuvers by the police officers to do what they needed to do. Okay. Either as a originally get out of the car, which he eventually did, but it took some struggle and B to get him in the back of their patrol car, which he struggled again with. And they were really trying to fight him to get back to get him into the back of the car. And that's when he said they wanted to lay on the ground, which they let him do. So any, anyway, and that's kind of where the, the video ends at that point. Okay. And there's probably going to be other snippets of possible other video footage out there. That's what I found, you know, i doing my brief research for this. I, we touched on excited delivery. I did want to mention the toxicology report. Okay. So I'm going to read this and this is From uh, news articles, the autopsy report from Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office concludes the cause of death was, quote, cardiopulmonary, cardio, obviously heart pulmonary, I believe lungs, arrest, complicating law enforcement, subdual restraint and neck compression. That conclusion, death due to heart failure differs from the one reached by an independent examiner hired by the Floyd family. That report listed the cause of death as asphyxiation from sustained pressure. And you can pretty much understand what the heck that means by that person. Okay. Yeah. So this medical examiner's report does not mention asphyxiation. However, according to prosecutors and charging documents filed last week, early results revealed no physical findings that support a diagnosis of traumatic asphyxia or strangulation. The medical examiner's report also details blunt force injuries to the skin of Floyd's head, face, and upper lip, as well as the shoulder's hands, and elbows, and bruising of the wrist consistent with handcuffs. Signed by Dr. Andrew M. Baker, it says Floyd had tested positive for the novel coronavirus on April 3rd. A a post-mortem nasal swab confirmed that diagnosis. The report notes that because a positive result for coronavirus can persist for weeks after the disease has resolved, the result most likely reflects asymptomatic but persistent positivity from previous infection. In addition to fentanyl, okay, fentanyl, if you don't know what fentanyl is, it's high-powered narcotic analgesic high-powered narcotic used most notably in hospitals okay but it is laced with heroin and is frankly killing people
1: okay yeah i mean people are. Doing fe- straight fentanyl.
0: Which is nuts. Okay. So toxicology report, you know, in addition to fentanyl and meth, methamphetamine. So you got two different drug categories there. The toxicology report from the autopsy showed that Floyd also had cannabinoids in his system when he died. Okay. So you got three different drug categories. You got a cannabinoid, we're, we're mentioning marijuana. So we got marijuana, we got meth, and we got fentanyl. Okay. Yeah.
1: And I think this is where we end up. And from the the cases that you and I have seen over the years uh, around the country that brought up the whole excited delirium uh, case, a lot of times there are drugs in their system.
0: Yeah. So, you know, people have their perceptions of marijuana and cannabinoids, okay? It's still a drug, okay, especially now. it's. I've been to medical marijuana, you know, workshop training. It's more potent. I mean, it's like 70 times more potent than it was, you know, in the 1970s, 1980s, just the way the THC is. But when you're mixing that, okay, when you mix drug categories, categories in and of itself, you're going to have some issues. So, But now you're mixing cannabinoid, so marijuana, mixing marijuana with meth, okay, and you're mixing meth, those two With fentanyl, you got three competing drug categories that are going to throw a a person's, you know, persona and demeanor totally awry of their, what do we quote, quote unquote, normal state of mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's going to lead to this excited delirium. Okay. Now, does that, and, and don't take us wrong. We are not here to necessarily bash Mr. Floyd. What we're just saying is we're analyzing the video providing some of the facts and our opinions as to what we observe from the videos and what we know from doing research into why this incident occurred and what steps could have prevented the officers from doing what they're doing. It's pretty obvious that the police were there for a legal reason. They had a legal justification for detaining Floyd. And Floyd was from the get-go pretty abrasive, towards police and was struggled with them. Okay. From that standpoint though, especially Mr. Chauvin, the steps were not taken well and were done. So in a point that Mr. Floyd died from, and that's the issue that we really have. It's, Hey, and you can see it's just, I mean, we're talking about Mr. You know, officer Lane's quote, like he's, he's kind of, he's basically saying to officer Chauvin, like, I'm kind of worried about this guy. Like, You know, that's I'm worried about the excited delirium. He knows something's wrong, and you could tell that from the quote. So he knows that Chauvin's not doing what he's supposed to be doing, and this could end badly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I wanted to say that, you know, kind of to piggyback on what you said, uh, we point out the toxicology report only because it gives us an idea of kind of some of the reasons why George Floyd acted the way he did prior to. Uh, I guess, being killed by Chauvin. However, you know, what we're saying, too, is that what Chauvin did was completely and utterly wrong because Patrick and I have arrested, you know, thousands of people uh, in our career or, or between the two of us. And I would say out of those, it's probably a pretty high percentage of who had uh, heroin, cannabinoids, meth, alcohol in their system at the time of arrest and not one time did become close to killing anybody. So, you know, it kind of gives you that background of what's going on, but in the same time, it hasn't, it, it doesn't have anything to do with how Derek Chauvin decided to, to, uh, well, you
0: mentioned, like I would say 80 to 90% of the people we deal with uh, that we're dealing with are on some sort of drug and you can throw alcohol into the depressant category, either they're on alcohol or drugs. Okay. And, and then, if you add in
1: mental health, that percentage even goes up higher. What's going to be interesting is the, seeing how these competing medical uh, medical reviews affect each other during the trial,
0: right? And that's what I wanted to mention. I don't know. We're reading through. The, I was reading through the show notes. I didn't write this down, but that's where the defense for the officers, especially Mister Chauvin, is going to come into play. Okay. Because they're really going to focus in on that toxicology report, the past issues, and they're going to try to show like, hey, like Mr. Floyd was struggling from the get-go with police. You know what I mean? And they're going to focus in on that toxicology report. And I mentioned that whole medical examiners because here's what you're going to have. You're going to have the independent medical examiner. And I think it was – what What did they say from the beginning? report listed the cause of death uh, as uh, cardiopulmonary arrest complicating law enforcement, subdual restraint, and neck compression. Okay. So a lot of things, you're talking the police subdual was part of the issue but wasn't the whole issue. Okay. Whereas when you look at the one by the Floyd family, the report listed the cause of death <laughs> Asphyxiation from sustained pressure. So they're basically saying that the cause of death was all was all Derek Chauvin. But when you actually read the medical examination, that was part of it, but wasn't necessarily one hundred percent the reasons why Mr. Floyd died.
1: Yeah, and obviously we're not experts in this right. case at all. But I mean, the medical examiner does sound better because it seems more thorough. I mean, I don't know. Again, I I don't know. Well, if um, if you guys did not
0: know, you, you have the family's going to ha- hire their own medical examiner. The defense for Mister Chauvin is going to hire their own medical examiner, and they're guess what? They're getting paid, so they're going to usually sub. They're going to try to come up with their legal jargon, medical jargon for coming to their conclusion, which benefits their client's case, and then the independent the the quote-unquote independent one for the medical examiner's office is the one that the you know prosecution and uh is going to try to reference and result to the case okay which may not be the best one could be yeah. a combination of all three we don't know but you understand that these quote-unquote experts that come are paid for by the Either a defense or prosecution in relation to what's going on. So that's it why may they may not be so unbiased that you Correct. Would think. Correct. Yes. That, that's kind of the reason why. So, again, just to sum it all up, this is just some of the, the videos we, we've we watched, we've gone through. I know we've mentioned this case before. You know, it's going to be, I'm eager to see where these cases go down the line. Okay. Because remember, the three officers, not Chauvin, were charged with aiding and abetting a murderer. Okay. And Chauvin was charged, I believe, with second, third degree murder, second, third degree murder and manslaughter. Okay. I don't, originally he was charged with third degree murder, manslaughter, and then they upped it to second. I know in our state, second degree murder is like, in the course of committing, I believe, a felony. Like, you go, you rob a bank, and you end up shooting the clerk. Or the bank teller, and they die. That'd be like second degree murder. Right. I don't necessarily know if this case meets that requirement. I'm not an attorney, so I can't say for sure. But that that's probably going to be a, uh, a a tough one as far as legal wise. And Is that's going to be
1: with more than that too. So I mean, well, he was charged with second degree. He was charged with third degree, and he was charged with manslaughter okay all right so they're going with uh the, they're gonna nail them on at least the manslaughter
0: yeah i i think the i definitely think the manslaughter fits there's no question about that it
1: manslaughter fits it's but, just that you're with the with the murder you have to you know show intent correct and there's a whole that whole aspect of it which might be a lot harder to prove I mean, beyond we, a reason we, yeah i mean
0: we pretty much know at least apparently there's what there's information that they knew each other or something. Well, they both worked at the same nightclub. Yeah. Now, obviously just from the call and the police responding, it certainly doesn't seem like a premeditated thing unless there's some crazy information that we don't know about. So you can quickly cross off first degree at that point. And then, you know, all this other stuff that came in. So we don't know if, that's going to eventually stick down the line, but we'll see what happens, whether they offer him a plea deal. I highly doubt they will just because it's such a high profile case, but we'll see what happens with the other officers. But again, that's kind of our take on it. We try to be as fair and objective as possible while having some subjective knowledge into law enforcement. And Frank looks like he's ready to go to bed.
1: I think I'm going to stay up and work out or something.
0: Good, good. okay i i will i will bet our uh i will bet you a meal tomorrow that you won't stay up and work out i am not taking that bet okay all right sorry anyway, but I, we hope you enjoy this i hope you we, we found this informative by listening to it we got some more things cooking as far as our season progresses and yeah don't hesitate to uh, reach out we appreciate some of the response email us at Frank at the com or Patrick at the com. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Check out the LAO Sideshow.com website. We're hoping to get some more blogs on there about what's going on. Been busy uh, though. We have been busy working. That's kind of our main issue. And don't ha- don't forget to give us that five-star review. You can reach find us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you find any podcast, any podcast.
1: Yep. Type it in on Google and see what happens.
0: Type it in on Google. There you go. All right. Anything else, Frank?
1: Nope. Stay tuned for uh, the next week. And uh, I'm just going to say what Pat said again and hit us up. Uh, We're more than willing to take in some of your questions and considerations. We had a gentleman uh, reach out to us last week and uh, some really good information and suggestions uh, with, for suggestions. We'll take yeah. suggestions for new shows by far and uh yeah so it's great stuff so all yeah. right well, thank you very much thanks have a good night have guys a great night, and see ya so, you yeah. nice.